What's up and welcome back to the Locked On Bucks podcast. I'm James Yarko, usually joined by David Harrison, but he cannot make it. Make sure you're checking out everything that we're doing over at BucksNation.com and make sure you follow along on Twitter at Locked On Bucks, at JayYarko underscore Bucks, and at DH82 underscore Bucks. Very, very excited to bring on today's guest. Some of you may know him, most of you should all of you should if you are a fantasy football player and that is the man the myth the legend the recently verified fantasy hitman mike wright of the fantasy footballers mike how you doing oh i'm here i am definitely here uh we're gonna gonna talk some buccaneers football (laughs) no i'm I'm just kidding hey man i appreciate you having me on it's the time of the year it's fantasy football time it's a it's a it's a good time to be alive right now that's right. That's right. And we uh, we had you on last year to talk strictly running backs. And, uh, you know, this year we're just going to talk strictly Buccaneers. So kind of kind of change from last year, but we're excited to have you back. I really enjoy your insight and I, I enjoy having you on to to discuss these things. And let's just let's dive right into it. And, you know, Buccaneers fans, you know, whether it's fantasy or real football, you know, not just Buccaneers fans, fans of all teams tend to overvalue their own players, whether it's, you know, contract extension or how good they are compared to other guys in the league. But in fantasy, it can get us in trouble. You know, we can, we can reach for certain players just because they're on our team and we're excited about them. And for the quarterback position, especially for redraft leagues, you know, Winston was already going to be a player that, you know, guys were going to kind of let drop a little bit because he had that brutal opening stretch of those three games with the Saints, the Eagles, and the Steelers. Well, now he's missing those games, so he would come back for the Bears, have a bye week. But after that, you know, the schedule kind of eases up a little bit. He gets the Bengals. He gets the Browns. Um, How do you view Winston as far as fantasy value this year? I mean, are you you avoiding him completely, or is this one of those things where – you know, you're waiting for the opportunity to pick him up off waivers or, or you know, the streaming quarterbacks. Yeah, how do you view Winston in in this fantasy season? So I'm avoiding him in the draft, unless you're talking about you're in a two quarterback league. Then I think Jameis Winston is the perfect third uh, quarterback to target because you you won't need him those first three games. And then uh, you, just, you have a real cheap option of a guy who has tremendous upside. He's a absolute yardage machine when he came back from that shoulder injury last year in in the final five games he was throwing at a yardage pace of over 5,000 yards and nearly 30 touchdowns we know that he airs it out you know that he makes big throws he makes bad decisions sometimes when he's going after those big throws but he's got weapons all around him and certainly he felt like he could be a breakout candidate coming into this fantasy season, but then he got hit with a three game suspension. So it's not a situation where I'm looking to draft him. I will look other wire. Uh, but if after that week three, if my quarterback situation is putrid, Jameis will be looking somebody that I'll, I'll look at picking up. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. And Winston's one of those guys that I would tend to, to target you know, a little bit later, you know, once those those top tier players are gone, because I knew there was some, you know, there was the the turnover risk, but there was also some 
form of consistency. He was usually in the you know mid 200 yards. He was good for a touch. You you knew he was good for at least one touchdown every game. Uh, there's only one game uh, in his career so far where he didn't score a passing or a rushing touchdown. So you knew he was going to get you in the end zone. But yeah, I'm with you. It's one of those guys that you know maybe if if it's the last round and you know I'm I'm not comfortable with my quarterback position, I might snag him you know as my as my backup option or pick him up on waivers or, or something like that. But a lot of our listeners, of course, are going to be in leagues with nothing but Buccaneers fans, whereas I am not. I just have to compete with my own father for <laughs> Buccaneers players. Um, moving on to the running back spot, and this is a spot that a lot of Buccaneers fans are really excited about. So you're probably about to hurt their feelings a little yeah, bit. I feel like I had to do it last year, too. No, last year I was on your side. I was saying avoid Doug Martin at all costs. Oh, okay, I couldn't remember how you guys felt about him where, where I was just putting him in a body bag. Yeah, I, I was I was with you. I, okay. I didn't think he should have returned. But, you know, we're all excited about Ronald Jones and the explosive plays that he is capable of making. However, you know, your, your co-host Jason Moore – has already put Ronald Jones in a body bag. And I I don't think I've ever heard him hate a player any more than he hates Ronald Jones on the Buccaneers, not necessarily the person, but the, the player in the system, you know, on your ultimate draft kit, which we'll, we'll talk about in a little bit, you guys have him labeled as a bust. And I think there's a lot that goes into that, of course. And, and I'd like you to speak a little bit as to what your feelings are on Ronald Jones and what Buccaneers fans can expect from him. Because I, I heard you talking about it. Um, I can't remember if it was the video on the draft kit or on the, the running back preview episode. There was an episode where you, you spoke about Ronald Jones and, and kind of how you would approach going after him rather than the high draft capital that he's costing. Yeah, that's that's why we have him labeled as a bust currently going in the in the fifth round according to fantasy football calculator but he doesn't he he has little to no passing production in his college career and that's something that really translate really correlates is guys that are successful in the passing game at the running back position they it it really helps them or it, it's an easy predictor that they're going to be successful at the pro level of course you don't have to have it but it's just a very good indicator. And Ronald Jones did not have that. So that's where I was a little bit wary of Ronald Jones. Okay, let's. so we're not talking about a three-down back. Then you have Peyton Barber, who is actually he's – okay, like, he's fine. I mean, he's, he's, a, a, he's a decent pro running back. I wouldn't say he's a special talent by, by any stretch, but you could see once he was – when he was getting his shot for Tampa Bay last year, that he's he's okay. He's serviceable at a position where you don't have to have an elite player. So now he's going to be splitting time with him. You got Charles Sims, who may or may not be on the roster bubble. It seems like I'm hearing he's on the bubble. No, he's locked in for third down work. The, the news on Sims is all over the place, at least <laughs> in the national media. So it sounds like Ronald Jones is going to be competing for carries with Peyton Barber a veteran who's already proven it. When I watched Ronald Jones at USC, he is fast. He can hit home runs, but he's, he's hitting these home runs through holes in the offensive line that he could drive a Cadillac 
through there. Like you're talking any professional running back would have hit that hole and gotten a huge play. Not every running back will get you a, a touchdown from that because they're not, not as fast as Ronald Jones. But I just didn't – I didn't see – what the pro Ronald Jones people are seeing when he's running. So that's why I am concerned about it. What I talked about on the show is if you are a believer in Ronald Jones, you already talked about the schedule, the opening schedule for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It is rough. It is going to be brutal. So on top of the, what looks like negative game scripts for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they're missing their franchise quarterback on top of that. It's going to be tough sledding for Ronald Jones for these first few games. So if you believe in him, let someone else waste their draft capital. And, and in the fifth round, you can get guys like Rex Burkett, Deion Lewis at, at the exact same position. Uh, I mean, not to mention Marvin Jones is there as well. I mean, there are other guys in the fifth round that you are passing to take Ronald Jones. So let someone else waste the draft pick on him, trade for him a little bit later in week three when the Ronald Jones owner is super frustrated. Yeah, and and you touched on Barber. Yeah, David and I are both big Peyton Barber fans, but but you know I agree completely. He's he's a serviceable back. He's a reliable back, but that doesn't always translate to fantasy success. So right. where where do you kind of see Peyton Barber as far as fantasy value? I mean, is he a, a super late round guy? Is he a waiver wire guy? Is he someone that you would rely on? you know, in, in the first half of the season to get the bulk of the carries and the, you know, the 10 zone opportunities, or is he just kind of a, you know, wait and see, I might pick him up. I might let somebody else make that mistake. What, what's your view on him as far as fantasy value? He's extremely interesting to me. He's going at the back of the 11th round right now. And right now he is the starting running back for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He might not set the fantasy charts on fire, but he is a starting running back. He profiles as their goal line running back. And you just, you can't get guys like that. So let's take a look at players who are going around him. Giovanni Bernard. Sure. He's got some, he's got some upside, but he's not the starter. Devontae Booker. I guess okay, you got me. Technically Devontae Booker is still the starting running back for the, for the Denver Broncos. But he was already splitting first-team reps with Royce Freeman. Uh, Royce Freeman is about to take that job. Then you got Matt Burita, Latavius Murray, Doug Martin. These are all known backups. Peyton Barber is currently a starter. He probably won't be the starter for the entire season. But you have to look at fantasy football. It's best, I think, if you look at it one week at a time or at least in time chunks. And knowing that Peyton Barber can give you usable running back weeks, uh, especially if you're one of those, uh, a cat who likes to go zero running back, then Peyton Barber has to be on your fantasy radar. Okay, that's interesting. I, uh, I'm, I've been looking for, for Peyton Barber late in drafts, and he always goes just a little bit higher than I'm comfortable taking when I'm doing these mocks. But, <clears throat> you know, if, if you, as you said, if you break it down into chunks, you look at you know the second quarter of the season, you know being the starting running back around the guys that you had mentioned, he's obviously going to give you far better value than you know our our former friend Doug Martin. Yeah. <laughs> um, the the most intriguing thing to me as far as the Buccaneers and fantasy correlation is the wide receiver, and you guys broke my heart a little bit 
when you had Mike Evans in your consensus as basically a, a wide receiver two. And there were a couple of guys ahead of him that I was like, mm, I would still take Mike, but I get it. He's missing Jameis Winston for the first couple of games. But at the same time, you know, this is a guy that still put up a, a thousand yards and, and 12 touchdowns with Josh McCown and, and Mike Glennon. Um, so we know he can get it done with the replacement quarterback, you know, but one of the other things that you guys mentioned when you were doing your, your consensus wide receiver rankings is how crowded this position is. Now you have Deshaun Jackson in his second year in the system and getting more comfortable with Jameis Winston and some of the training camp videos that we've seen of the two of them. It seems like the connection is getting, it's getting there. It wasn't there last year. There was a lot of deep passes that, that they missed on. And Jameis is not the best deep ball thrower to begin with, but it looks like the chemistry is building there. And then you have Chris Godwin, who's just fans are, are drooling over Chris yeah. Godwin. This guy is incredible. Matt Harmon, who does great work for you guys with the reception perception. He was uh, Godwin was, was Matt Harmon's favorite receiver coming out last year. And now they're saying that Godwin's going to be starting opposite Mike Evans going to be working to Sean Jackson in the slot. How does that kind of affect these receivers as far as fantasy value? I mean, does, does Godwin on the outside and DJX in the slot kind of lift their, their fantasy value a little bit because of the positions they're playing, being able to get Deshaun the ball and space a little bit more Godwin being able to work the outside with the big body and, and the great hands, or do they all come down a little bit because you're going to have all those weapons you'll have, you know, Godwin DJX, Mike Evans, Cameron Braid, OJ Howard, all on the field together. I, it, you know, there's so many weapons. You, how do you pick and choose? It kind of reminds me of, of the New Orleans Saints receivers for a while there where it was like, well, you know, right. you can't really draft them because you don't know who Breeze's receiver of the day is going to be. Yeah, I, Mike Evans is still the, the the big man on campus, absolutely. A, a wide receiver who's never had fewer than 1,000 yards. He's It was close this past season. He snuck it in. He got <laughs> one yard over 1,000. But, I mean, 1,000 is 1,000. The thing for Mike Evans is, to me, is not so much his teammates. I love Chris Godwin. I'm totally with, with Harmon on on that one. It comes down to, to touchdowns because you can look over the course of his career, and even though he's he's putting up good yardage, oh, you know, over a thousand yards, twelve hundred yards, thirteen hundred yards, when people were happy with him, his rookie year and then 2016, that's because he had double digit touchdown touchdowns. He's not a PPR guy, generally speaking, uh, aside from, of course, that 2016 year where he was the target. He, he was everything to that team. But other than that, he's given, you know, low 70s. That's about what he's averaged for receptions. But then the question is the touchdowns. And it's not that he didn't have the opportunity this past year. He had, uh, he had 18 targets in the red zone. That turned into four receptions and three touchdowns, and that's not going to get it done for fantasy football. 2016, the monster year, 17 targets, so one fewer target, one fewer opportunity. However, that turned it into eight receptions and seven touchdowns, and people were very, very happy with Mike Evans that year. So that's really what it comes down to, and I do believe that there is there's that positive regression of that will happen for Mike Evans in the in the red zone area 
of players with 19 or more red zone targets last year. There was 20 guys, and only three of them had a catch percentage under 40%. Uh, remember, I said under 40%. And Mike Evans' catch rate in the red zone was 26%. It was Yikes. it was bad. And, <laughs> and that's where you make your money as a fantasy player, unless your name is Tyree Kill and you just catch 30-yard touchdowns. But the rest of the league, they get those touchdowns in the red zone and the 10 zone. So I still like Evans. I just don't think he is that top five guy like it looked like he could be evolving into. Okay. That's that's completely fair. And, and you know, it was it was so frustrating for Buccaneers fans last year because the Bucs would move the ball at will up and down the field until they got to the 20. And as soon as right. they got in the red zone, it was like they all forgot how to play. Cutter forgot how to call plays. They just they forgot how to be a football team. And it was so aggravating because what was it? I, I'm pretty sure it was eight, seven or eight games last year. They lost by one score. So you know, you convert just a few of those of those red zone possessions. And we're not talking about a, a five win team. We're talking about a team that could have been on the cusp or could have been in the postseason. So that's something right. that has to be figured out. And and I think it, it does boil down to Mike Evans for sure. But as far as uh, as Deshaun and, and Chris Godwin with this kind of new dynamic that we're hearing rumblings of with Godwin outside, DJX inside. Yeah, does that does that really affect their draft stock at all? Or is it kind of, you know, par for the course? You know, DJX is probably still gonna get more of the of the targets. He's the you know, the big play guy. You can throw him a five yard slant and he'll take it 77 yards, you know, for a touchdown. Or you know, does does the repositioning kind of adjust their rankings a little bit? Uh, I don't think it – well, it definitely rearranges things knowing that Chris Godwin may be a starting wide receiver. You you have to at least pay attention to him. But where is he in the target order it, it, when he's kind of the man? You know, he can be dominant. Like the, the, the game against New Orleans where he's had an absolute monster game. Deshaun Jackson in the slot – interests me though because you playing in the slot you generally you're going against a a little bit you know you're not going against the number one corner in the slot and there i wish i had the numbers but i i would have to sit down and go watch every single deshaun jackson target <laughs> i don't know how many times he was running free or at least a yard or two ahead of his uh, 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 ahead of the defender and Jameis would airmail him. There were so many opportunities. Pretty for much every time. Yes, it, <laughs> but I'm saying, like, but how many plays did that happen? I, it, it had to have been over five times, and that's a huge deal because that's five touchdowns, five missed touchdown opportunities. You give Deshaun Jackson five more touchdowns, and all of a sudden, people are clamoring to to draft him, and maybe he's not losing his starting position to Chris Godwin. But in the slot, he's interesting. To me, well, but he's not really high up on my on my uh, draft board. I wouldn't even really call him a sleeper or a late round value that I'm really interested in, unless it's a it's a deep league or you know if I'm playing best ball. Okay, I'm I'm interested in Deshaun Jackson late. Okay, yeah, Deshaun. You know, even all the way back to his Eagles days, was a guy that I personally would avoid just because he he always has been so boomer bust. You know, he's not going to get you the 
you know, nine or 10 receptions for 120 in a, in a touchdown, he was going to get you, you know, three receptions for a hundred yards and two touchdowns, or he was going to get you one reception for seven yards. You know, it, it seemed like there was never any middle ground and I never really trusted drafting him, but that was always my own, right. my own but personal you, you take go, on Deshaun. You go from, uh, what, four years ago, over 20 yards of reception. Fine. That's an outlier. That's, that's impossible. But then two straight years after that, over 17 yard, yards of reception, down to 13.4 yards per reception. There was something that was missing from Deshaun Jackson's game last year, and it was connecting on those deep passes, which, in my opinion, that was that's all on Jameis Winston. He has to, he has to improve that deep ball connection with DJX to have success. 100%. All right, Mike, let's go ahead and wrap things up with the tight end position, which is <clears throat> almost a as a mess, uh, a fantasy mess. <laughs> I was going to say it's almost as interesting as the wide receiver conversation because you have two guys who last year combined for 14 touchdowns in OJ Howard and, and Cameron Braid, just phenomenal athletes, phenomenal tight ends. You have OJ who's able to, you know, teleport to a side of the field where no one even exists <laughs> yes. and get these yeah, wide open touchdowns. Yeah. He, he goes into block and he slips away and, and guys aren't paying attention. And, and somehow, you know, it just keeps working, but in your, in your consensus rankings, you guys have OJ Howard ranked much higher than, than Cameron braid. And I remember talking to, to Jason about it last year and he was saying that, you know, there was just at that point, there was the unknown, what is OJ Howard going to bring? Can Cameron Bray repeat, you know, leading the NFL in touchdowns for a tight end? And then they give Cameron Bray this huge deal, which, you know, I, I was laughing pretty hard when you were breaking it down, saying that he, he signed this massive deal that equates to basically one year. Yeah. Um, you know, Jason Light is phenomenal at, at doing these contracts to get out from under them if they don't work. But, you know, is it is it going to be kind of a 50-50 split, do you think? Or is there, you know, is the big play ability by OJ, you know, what trumps Cameron Brait's reliability? Because it seems like when, when Jameis is in trouble, Cameron Brait is his guy. He trusts him. He relies on him. He gets those targets. Yeah, he's a big target in, in the red zone, but so is OJ Howard. OJ Howard is a mammoth of a human being. So, yeah, how do you see the the tight end playing out, or do you just look at it and say, you know what, I'm not even going to try to figure this out? <laughs> uh, I, I'm going to try and figure it out, but with my fantasy teams, I am not going to put on my detective cap and and, and call someone out <laughs> as the culprit and draft the other person because Cameron Bray was a stud through the first half of the season, weeks two through uh, what two through five a touchdown in four straight games. He was the man in, in averaging about 60 yards a game. And then he pulled a Houdini and absolutely vanished. And then the second half of the season before he got hurt and went on IR, on IR OJ Howard was the man giving you 50 yards a game and a couple touchdowns giving you huge plays. So it's, it is baffling what they are going to do with the tight end, really more so that the disappearance of Cameron Brait during the second half of the season, even the, the, the final couple, couple games where OJ Howard wasn't even playing because he was hurt. The, him disappearing like that is troubling, but you are right. Jameis Winston heavily favors his tight end, 
but I'm afraid this is a situation like Andrew Luck when he had Kobe Fleener and Dwayne Allen, and perhaps now that Andrew Luck has Jack Doyle and Eric Ebron, you're just there's going to be a lot of fantasy production at the tight end position, but you're never going to be able to rely on one of these guys week in and week out if they are both active and healthy and playing. Okay. Yeah, it's the. So the basically, I'm I'm copping out of of the question and failing, <laughs> saying there is no there is no answer. There's no right answer. There's no wrong answer. There's yes. just you know flip a coin and hope for the best, which you know a lot of fantasy football is. You can you can't predict injuries. You can't predict you know these you know breakout seasons, but. By God, we're gonna try. And you guys over <laughs> you guys over at the fantasy footballers do a tremendous job of being able to help us do that. You know, with the ultimate draft kit, the daily podcast, the website, the articles, you guys are incredible. Where can people that haven't already found you find you on on social media, the podcast, all of that? Oh, man, I, I'm too kind, man. I appreciate it. You can find us. Our home base is thefantasyfootballers.com. You mentioned the ultimate draft kit. That is our living, breathing draft resource that uh, we we in, update this thing nearly instantly. When Rashad Penny, breaking news of his broken finger, we're in there. We're adjusting Chris Carson. We're adjusting Rashad Penny so that you can use this thing and you know that it's up to date for draft rankings. This it's it's the one-stop shop for getting through the off season and having fun. Matt Harmon, who's now over at Yahoo, his legendary reception perception information where he breaks down a, a receiver independent of his quarterback. So you get to find out just how good are these wide receivers at creating separation. That's exclusive to the ultimate draft kit. Uh, there's it's jam packed over a hundred video profiles and you can check that out at ultimatedraftkit.com. And if you're on the Twitter sphere, give me a follow at ff hitman i tweet about football and i tweet about just fun stuff and ridiculous things like uh jorts i tweet about jorts <laughs> so if you want in on that action at ff hitman yeah and, and i'll be honest i've been listening to you guys for a few years now and today was the first time i have ever purchased the ultimate draft kit and oh, i spent welcome to the club i spent two hours going through this thing and I haven't even scratched the surface. It's, it's one of the most phenomenal things I've ever seen. So thank you guys for all the hard work that you put into it. And for those of you that also want to listen to a little humor outside of your fantasy football, uh, you know, podcast that, that Jason, Mike and Andy will help you with all season long. You guys have the spitballers podcast, which is just absolutely fantastic. How Jason is beating you in the poll right now. Oh, for man. This animal fight is inexcusable. It is absolutely ridiculous. And if you dig through, if you don't listen to the podcast, this is the, this sounds like the most ridiculous conversation ever. <laughs> uh, essentially we picked animals for a big fight and who would win. And Jason picked a human knowing that the human got no tools, no weapons, except the people voting on the poll have decided they will create their own rules and give the human weapons <laughs> anyways, even though it's clearly stated in the rules, they get no weapons. So it's nonsense and he's winning the poll and it's it's stupid and I'm mad about it. Yeah, well, you know, they can shoot the anaconda that you picked all they want. That thing's still going to eat the human without, you know, every they taking, can shoot any of the animals and the animal will still kill them. 
Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. I don't understand what's happening. I think he's paying people. Um, <laughs> well, and and before we get off here, I'll throw this out there. If you like it, you can have it. If not, ignore it completely. But I have a suggestion for one of your one of your spitballers drafts. You okay. guys did a great breakfast draft where you guys picked your your perfect breakfast. So I want you guys to sit down with these breakfasts, and I want you to draft your ultimate Saturday morning cartoon lineups. No, that's it's it's in the list. It's in the pipeline. Is it really? That's awesome. Yeah, it's one of those ones <laughs> that I would love to do. So it's it's been talked about. It, it will probably get on a show sooner or later. That is awesome. I'm excited to hear that. So again, Mike, thank you so much for sending your time tonight. I really appreciate it. I I know you got to get going. Uh, I've already kept you a little bit over the uh, the allotted time. But again, check out Mike on Twitter at FF Hitman. Everything that they're doing at the FF Ballers at Spitballers Pod. Absolutely great content. So again, Mike, thank you so much. Really appreciate you. Yeah, man, I appreciate it. Thank you. All right. And of course, you can check out everything that we're doing over at BucksNation.com and make sure you follow along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JayArco underscore Bucks, and at DH82 underscore Bucks. We would like to thank each and every one of you for joining us right here at Locked On Bucks.